Hello, and thanks for listening to the latest episode of the Wolf Sports Show. It's already week eight, nearing the halfway point in the 2022 NFL season. There are just two teams on a bye this week and plenty of games to get to, and also big stories like the Matt Ryan benching and the continued struggles of Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers' teams. So we'll get right to it, starting with the two teams on a bye this week. First up, the Chiefs. They destroyed the Niners last week. San Francisco has an elite defense. It did come into the game banged up. They got Nick Bosa back after he missed a game with a groin injury. Trent Williams is back on offense at left tackle. But even with the Niners banged up, they might not have had much of a chance to stop the Chiefs. On Sunday, they were locked in on fire. The run game didn't really have to do a ton. Isaiah Pacheco got the start after getting more reps in practice, and it was reported he's going to start at running back. So that's something to watch moving forward. But the story was the revamped receiving core. Basically, everyone did damage. Nicole Hardman scored three total touchdowns. Juju Smith-Schuster and Marcus Valdez-Scantling both went over 100 yards. Kelsey had 98 yards. And overall, it led to 423 yards and three touchdowns for Patrick Mahomes. So this is about what they envisioned when they redid the receiving group and got rid of Tyreek Hill, who was basically causing some issues with wanting the ball more. And it was about as good of a bounce back as you could hope for the Chiefs after the tough loss to the Bills the previous week. And now they'll have the bye. Along with the Chargers, also have their bye this week. And they could use it. They continue to be really banged up. Now Mike Williams suffered a what looks like a bad high ankle sprain based on how his leg was rolled up on last week. The good news is Keenan Allen, who did return last week from his hamstring injury, should be more like himself after the bye. And there's been a lot of talk about Justin Herbert and whether he's overrated or whatever. Watching last week and their loss to the Seahawks, it was pretty ugly from Herbert. And I was like, I didn't really recognize him from how good he looked the first two years in the NFL. And I was wondering basically what he's doing a lot of the time. But I think maybe the rib injury that he suffered in week two against the Chiefs is something that's going under the radar a bit. It might be affecting him. So after he's been playing through it, I think the bye should definitely be big for him. And hopefully he looks more like the superstar quarterback we saw early in his career. And they're not in a bad spot at 4-3. and three. And we'll see. Maybe they'll make a move ahead of the trade deadline next week, especially with Williams set to miss time. Now to the teams playing this week. We have a packed schedule. Another London game, the final one of the year on Sunday. But first, Thursday night football. Ravens face the Bucks in Tampa. Both teams pretty banged up coming into this one. Baltimore was able to hold on to the lead against Cleveland last week. So that was a big divisional win. We'll have to keep an eye on the status of Mark Andrews, who's dealing with a knee issue and was not really himself last week. The defense has quietly been a bit better, and we'll see how they hold up against Mike Evans, Chris Godwin tonight. As despite their struggles, Tampa can still move the ball through the air. And I guess it's not surprising because some of the games were pretty bad. But Thursday night football ratings, they keep declining. And we'll see if that shoots back up tonight with Lamar Jackson in action, and then, of course, Tom Brady on the other side. And for the Bucks, the loss to the Panthers last week was pretty shocking on the surface, but looking back, maybe we should have seen it coming as more of a possibility with everything just feeling off for Tampa Bay for the past few weeks. Last week in the locker room, Mike Evans said he misses Rob Gronkowski. It's been widely speculated Gronk might unretire at some point and rejoin the Bucks. That would be a boost. Whatever it is, something needs to happen to get the Bucks going. 
maybe the short week will somehow do that with less time to prepare and just go out and play instead. There's still plenty of time, obviously, but the expectations were sky high for the Bucks again entering the season. And it's been about as disappointing as it can get, considering all the talent they have sitting at three and four and looking almost lost at times. And I'd say the pressure's on a bit, maybe, tonight playing in prime time with everyone saying how bad they are or whatever. But again, I think they'll snap out of it at some point. I just don't know how or when. And for Sunday, again, the final London game. So it's 9.30 a.m. Eastern. So West Coasters going to have to get up at 6.30 on Sunday to watch. The Broncos face the Jags. Russell Wilson, it's pretty funny. I guess on their flight to London, like half the time he spent stretching in the aisle, he said, while his teammates were sleeping, as he looks to return from his hamstring injury after missing last week because of it. And he's practice limited the first two days of practice this week. And it looks like he will play against the Jags. The time off might have given his shoulder a chance to get a little better too. Again, as I've said before, he's basically been underthrowing deep balls, which is surprising coming from him this season. And if the Broncos can't get a win this week, they'll drop to 2-6. and six. At that point, they might be selling at the deadline on Tuesday. The defense, again, did its part last week in the 16-9 loss to the Jets. As I've said before, I wasn't quite as high on the Broncos as other people might have been entering the season. But we'll see. Maybe it could be a situation similar to the Bucks, where something can snap them out of this funk on offense and get them going. And for the Jags, this is one of their more exciting teams in several years, really. With Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, who is now the clear lead back with James Robinson, traded to the Jets. Well, he really has been the past couple of weeks, but now it's really his show in the backfield. And he's already looking like one of the top dynamic weapons in the league. The Jacksonville defense bounced back last week against the Giants in a close loss. And again, I think they maybe need to figure out how to win games. And I like the track they're on under Doug Peterson. But people in London are really big fans of the NFL. And I think they'll enjoy that game. It might be a defensive battle, but we'll see how it goes. And also keep in mind, this is unfortunate, I guess, that the game's only on ESPN+. Plus. So you'll need to sign up for that if you want to watch on Sunday morning. So just a warning to get ready. So you don't wake up scrambling and find that you need ESPN Plus to watch. Aside from, I think, the local markets, I'm sure, have the game for free. Now to the 1 o'clock games, the Dolphins face the Lions. Intriguing matchup to me. It was good to see two attack of a low back in the lineup last week. He didn't play as cautiously as maybe he said he would. Lowered his shoulder a couple of times early in the game, which was somewhat surprising. Didn't put up a ton of points on the Steelers. But the Miami defense stepped up, forced a few turnovers, and were able to get the Sunday night win. And the team definitely looks different with Tua in there at quarterback running the offense with his quick release and his precision passing. For the Lions, despite it turning into a multiple possession loss, they were in it against the Cowboys last week, nearly took the lead in the fourth quarter, had an unfortunate fumble at the goal line, and then from there they couldn't really get back into it with a chance to win. I was impressed with how the defense came out, fired up. Unit had been struggling a ton, and they clearly had a bit of a chip on their shoulder coming out of their bye week on defense. The offense, unfortunately, struggled for their second straight game. It didn't help that Amon Ross St. Brown had to leave because of the concussion protocol. 
even though the team said he didn't have a concussion, he was taken out, and from there you're done with the new uh, protocol in place. And remember, early in the season, and even dating back to the end of last season, the offense was on fire, putting up over 30 points per game a ton. So they have the pieces there. DJ Chark's been out at receiver. They're looking at Jameson Williams at some point. It won't be for another month, head coach Dan Campbell said yesterday. DeAndre Swift looks like Kobe back this week at least. And they definitely have the ability to turn things around. We'll see if they can get it going at home. The Panthers face the Falcons. Divisional matchup, NFC South. Carolina coming off that upset win over the Bucks in Week 7. Falcons coming off the first game of the year. They didn't cover their spread with a Bengals team that was just on fire on offense and Atlanta couldn't really keep up. Again, P.J. Walker, he's going to do a good job running the offense. He's shown he's comfortable at quarterback. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's the starter for the rest of the season over both Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. The Christian McCaffrey trade felt like it was a matter of time. And I think with that and with Matt Rule fired a couple of weeks ago, the locker room probably felt it was like them against the world. And they came out fired up last week. They ran the ball well, even without McCaffrey against the Bucks. The defense led by Derek Brown, Brian Burns, and a young dynamic group of Raw is a potential force. So we'll see if they could keep it going and stay competitive against the Falcons in Atlanta this week. There's been a lot of talk about the Falcons not getting Kyle Pitts and Drake London involved enough. I'm not going to argue too much with the results. They're 3-4. and four. Been competitive in every game until last week. At some point, those guys are going to have to get going. But Arthur Smith's found a formula that's working for his team at this point. And I don't blame him despite people wanting to see more from talents like Pitts and London in the passing game. And Marcus Mariota, he's doing a good job taking care of the ball and being efficient. Again, he was NFC Offensive Player of the Week a couple of weeks ago. So a run-heavy approach seems to be the path to wins for the Falcons right now, and I expect that to continue against the Panthers this week. The Cardinals face the Vikings. Arizona's defense got two pick sixes in the end of the first half last week against the Saints on Thursday night. That really keyed their victory. Having DeAndre Hopkins back at receiver was a boost. Overall, the Cardinals' defense, led by defensive coordinator Vance Joseph, former Broncos head coach, has been the highlight of the team this season to this point. But the Cardinals did get good things going on offense last week, and we'll see if they can keep that going against the Vikings, who are coming off their bye week. So they had extra time to prepare for Cliff Kingsbury's offense. And the Vikings are also playing at home. And they're somewhat quietly 5-1, and one, looking to get to 6-1. and one. With the Packers struggling, continuing to struggle, and having to face the Bills in Buffalo this week. So Minnesota has a shot to build a bit of a cushion here with an early division lead. The Bears face the Cowboys. I'm among those, I think, just about everyone. They were even joking about it on uh, Monday Night Countdown before the game, how the Bears didn't have much of a shot in Foxborough at Gillette Stadium to beat the Patriots. And they came out with a great game plan. Utilized Justin Fields' legs. Said they took some things from what Lamar Jackson and the Ravens did successfully against the Patriots. And the game wasn't close, but it was the other way with the Bears dominating the Patriots. So we'll see if they can build on that. They did trade Robert Quinn to the Eagles. Roquan Smith was again flying around on Monday night. He took the trade of Quinn really hard in his press conference yesterday. So the Bears defense might again play motivated this week. As they look to show their... They're three and four. They're in a spot to contend. And they might be fired up against the Cowboys. For Dallas, Dak didn't come out and totally light it up 
in his return against the Lions. First game since week one. But he might have had to knock off some rust a bit. And the run game with Zeke and Tony Pollard was able to get going. But now it looks like Zeke's going to miss this week with a knee injury. Took a hard hit directly to the knee. Thankfully, his foot wasn't planted, or it maybe could have been worse. He did play through it last week, but now it looks like they'll probably hold him out this week. And the bye's coming up next, so it makes sense to give him a couple of weeks of rest. For the defense, again, just pretty dominant against the Lions. And they're looking to do the same against the Bears, led by Michael Parsons, who lobbied and successfully got an additional sack last week. So he has eight on the season already. And they've been a difference-making group since the start of last season with Dan Quinn as defense coordinator and such a talented roster. The Saints host the Raiders. New Orleans is coming off the disappointing Thursday loss with the ugly end of the first half. This is a team that they traded their first-round pick to the Eagles to improve this year. And they're not used to losing like this. They might come out inspired on both sides of the ball this week. They need to get healthier. Getting Marshall Lattimore back at corner would help a ton for their defense, which has struggled. Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry at receiver and offense look like they'll be out again. But for the offense, I think they need to get Taysom Hill more involved, even if that means playing him, starting him at quarterback. They said they were done with the quarterback experiment, but he's a playmaker. On a pass attempt last Thursday, he threw a strike to Chris Olave over the middle, deep on a post. They're riding with Andy Dalton now. He's basically taking over as a starter over James Winston now, they said, with Winston fully healthy. I'd still like to see Hill mixed in there a lot at quarterback too. For the Raiders, they pulled away at the end against the Texans last week. Josh Jacobs ran for three touchdowns, well over 100 yards. He continues to, he's just on fire right now. The bye didn't slow him down at all. And again, the Raiders, I think, have a chance to make a little run here. They're now 2-4. and four. Might get Darren Waller back from his hamstring injury this week after he missed week 7. There's more upside for the passing attack to complement Jacobs. Overall, I think Greater Saints should be one of the most competitive games of the week. The Steelers face the Eagles. Philadelphia is coming off the bye, but they got stronger, adding Robert Quinn in the trade. Quinn had 18 and a half sacks last season, and he joins an extremely talented defense, which is really deep on the defensive line, both on the interior and off the edge. The Eagles' offense has been really creative in the way they're getting the playmakers the ball. So I'm anxious to see how they perform coming off the bye with a little more time to prepare for this week against the Steelers. For the Steelers, again, they played the Dolphins well last week. Had a chance at the end. The turnovers right now are hurting Kenny Pickett. Three interceptions last week. He has two touchdowns, seven interceptions this season. Overall, he's not playing that poorly. It's just the interceptions are big, obviously. He's comfortable running the offense, it looks like. Just needs to maybe work those interceptions out of his system and see what he can get away with as he adjusts to playing in the NFL. Defensively, the Steelers stepped up, as I said, against the Dolphins to make it a game. Still looking to get TJ Watt back. He returned to practice, so he's fully expected to be back within the next three weeks. And if they're within striking distance for a wild card spot in the AFC, that would be massive to get Watt back as a huge boost as the reigning defensive player of the year. The final 1 o'clock game, the Patriots face the Jets. Again, talked about the Patriots' surprising performance on Monday night. I think I said last week how Belichick always has his teams ready to play. I don't think Monday night was a matter of not being ready to play. They were just outperformed. 
against the Bears. The big story in New England is the quarterback situation. The Patriots have some great fans, and Mac Jones did uh, turn the ball over way too much this season, early before his high ankle sprain, and then he threw the early interception, which I think clearly it looks like, based off the video I've seen, that it hit the sky cam. And it did look weird live, like Jonu Smith was ready to almost jump for a ball that was going out of bounds and probably being thrown away maybe. And then he kind of like crouched down a bit, like the ball changed direction. And then seeing that Skycam video was pretty crazy. So that led to the fans booing Jones basically and chanting for Bailey Zappi to play. That's a tough spot for a quarterback that played really well as a rookie and helped the team get to the playoffs. It might help actually playing on the road this week as New England looks to get back on track. And Jones, well reportedly, he'll again start this week. And unless he turns the ball over early again, I would think he might play the whole game. And they're facing a Jets team they handled pretty easily last year. But the Jets are now 5-2 and two this season. The defense is one of the best in the league. Getting Sauce Gardner with the fourth pick at corner, who's immediately become a shutdown corner has elevated everyone. However, the Jets lost rookie running back Brees Hall, who was seemingly just set for a touchdown every game, just like he was in college at Iowa State. Broke a long touchdown on last week in the win over the Broncos. He's out for the year with a torn ACL. And key offensive lineman Elijah Vera Tucker is also out for the season with a triceps injury. So that's two massive losses for a 5-2 and two team looking to finally get back into the postseason. Again, they added James Robinson, but after losing Hall, I think Moore is going to need to put on Zach Wilson's shoulders. And Elijah Moore, the receiver that requested a trade last week, he's back with the team, and we'll see how he's implemented back in the offense, which might need to pass more without Brees Hall at running back. We'll see what happens, but this might set up for a spot where the Patriots can bounce back from their ugly loss on Monday night. And for the Jets, this is a game where they are trying to show that they're surpassing the Patriots currently. Now to the late afternoon games. At least there's four of them despite the London game this week, so not just three, four late games. The Titans face the Texans. Somewhat surprising, the Titans are only two-and-a-half-point favorites. It's at Houston, but the Texans have struggled. Just lost to the Raiders 30-20 last week. I mean, not much needs to be said about the Titans' game plan, I think, offensively at least, in the past three matchups against the Texans. Henry's run for over 200 yards in each of them, and touchdown total of 3-2-2. Two, two. So we'll see if Houston can somehow stop that after, again, Josh Jacobs ran wild on them last week. And against the Raiders last week, the Texans, they didn't play that poorly on offense. Davis Mills was doing a nice job and then had that bad interception. I think the expectation has been that it's going to take some time for the Texans to build this thing up. But with that in mind, teams like the Giants have quickly performed and turned things around when they maybe were expected to not compete until next season at least. And speaking of the Giants, they go to Seattle to face the Seahawks. Again, they're underdogs, three-point underdogs. And it seems like they keep finding a way to keep it close and then win in the end. 
That's what happened last week against the Jags and two weeks ago against the Ravens. Both Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley went over 100 yards rushing in last week's win. Jones is now over the ankle injury, and him running is a big part of the offense, which is down at receiver, and we'll see if they add there ahead of the trade deadline. For Seattle, they'll likely be without DK Metcalf, who's dealing with a knee injury, but thankfully doesn't require surgery. Doesn't sound like he's going to miss much time. Geno Smith, again, played well against the Chargers. And I don't think it's... Basically, I think this is going to... He's going to keep it up. He'll keep playing well all season and potentially beyond as a franchise quarterback for Seattle as he's a good fit in their offense or at the very least, maybe a bridge option. Remember, they have the Broncos' first-round pick from the Russell Wilson trade, so they could maybe draft somebody high. And Ken Walker, rookie running back out of Michigan State, he went off against the Chargers last week, broke a long touchdown run late, had 167 yards and two touchdowns overall in the game. And some people criticized the pick in the second round, but the Seahawks are definitely lucky to have him after Rashad Penny's unfortunate season-ending leg injury. Especially with Brees Hall now being out, Walker has a chance to run away with Offensive Rookie of the Year as he's been highly impressive with the way he breaks tackles. And he has home run speed. I think I saw he hit 22 miles an hour this season. So he's he's definitely an all-around back, and that's what made him such a force at Michigan State last year. The Commanders face the Colts. For Indy, the benching of Matt Ryan. Although I was a bit alerted to maybe this happening after Sam Mellinger was moved to the backup job ahead of Nick Foles. It felt like they might want to keep moving up to the starter. Still, I didn't see the bench coming of Matt Ryan, especially considering, I mean, he carried them to a win a couple of weeks ago against the Jaguars. Obviously, Ryan's turned the ball over too much this season, including a pick six against the Titans last week. Basically, it comes down to, I think, that, the turnovers, and Sam Ellinger being mobile. He can run around a bit behind the offensive line, which Ryan really couldn't. And Colts head coach Frank Reich said this isn't giving up or tanking or anything like that, and their goal is to win a Super Bowl. And he said, which I totally agree with, they let down their end of the bargain in terms of telling Matt Ryan they have a great offensive line and a great running game before they traded for him. And it did feel like a really good match. And obviously that didn't work out to this point with the strong offensive line and a strong running game. But my thing is, it's only seven games in the season. Are they just giving up on having a good offensive line, which is one of the highest paid in the league, and a strong rushing attack when you have a back like Jonathan Taylor? Just seems like a weird situation to me. On defense, they haven't had Shaq Leonard much this season because of multiple injuries. Taylor missed the couple of games with the ankle sprain. They're at 3-3-1. Just seems odd. They're basically giving up on the offensive line becoming any good because Ryan, he can still play at a high level if he's given protection and can work off the play action. But we'll see how the offense looks with Ellinger at quarterback. If you watch college football, you're definitely familiar with them. Played for Texas. Had many comparisons to Tim Tebow. Expect more quarterback run, and maybe that'll open things up for everyone, including Taylor, in the run game. And before we get to the commanders, a bit of a surprise move. I'm um, just seeing Kadarius Tony, Giants receiver, 
first round pick last year was just traded the Chiefs for a conditional third and a sixth, according to Jordan Schultz. Tony hasn't played since week two. Didn't do much with the Giants. Mispractice in the summer. I think they just wanted to get rid of him at that point. And it almost seemed like Tony wanted to play for a different team, maybe. If you're unfamiliar with him, he's out of Florida. He's basically like a video game character with the ball in his hands, with the way he jukes and can break tackles. He can even throw the ball. So that's intriguing to get him in Andy Reid's hands, and we'll see how the Chiefs use him moving forward. Already talked about earlier how the Chiefs have so many weapons, and so they're adding another one in Tony. And with them being on the bye, they'll have time to incorporate him in. And with that, now back to the Commanders-Colts matchup. For the Washington side, for Taylor Heineke, started slow last week in his first start of the season. Had the early pick six against the Packers. Had a couple of other uh, risky throws. But once he got going, he looked good, and he showed the type of it factor that makes him an exciting option at quarterback. I think really that's... That's somewhat of an it factor. That's what the Colts, I guess, might be looking to get out of Ellinger as a backup option to maybe jolt the offense somehow. The Commanders have a clear game plan of running the ball with Brian Robinson mainly and Tanner Gibson mixing in, playing solid defense. Their run D is pretty stout with Jonathan Allen. They again played well last week, contained the Packers rushing attack, which hasn't gotten going much. And we'll see. I think they can maybe do a nice job on Jonathan Taylor this week. And it should be a good game on Sunday. And the final 425 game, the Niners face the Rams. LA is coming off the bye. San Francisco is coming off the ugly loss to the Chiefs. But the Niners made that huge move to get Christian McCaffrey, trading picks to the Panthers. I think it's a perfect fit with the way Jimmy Garoppolo Puts passes right on the money to his receivers for the catch and run stuff. I forget whether it's since maybe since 2019, 2020 maybe, that the Niners now have three of the four best yard after catch guys in the league in McCaffrey, George Kittle, and Devo Samuel, with Austin Eckler being the other of the four. In the first matchup on Monday night earlier this season, the Niners overwhelmed the Rams' offense. I would look for LA to use more misdirection stuff that the Chiefs had some success with last week, but the Niners are probably going to be ready for that, knowing it's likely coming. And I expect D'Amico Morines to make some adjustments to his defense after the poor showing last week. These two teams don't like each other at all, and it might be the top game for week eight. Now to Sunday Night Football in the preseason, this looked like it would be maybe the top game of the week. And one of the best games of the year, Packers at Bills. Both Green Bay struggles. Aaron Rodgers talked about the mental mistakes the team is making and that players shouldn't be playing maybe if they continue to make mistakes. And I maybe should have mentioned at the top just how strange this NFL season has been to this point. We got Matt Ryan benched. Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers struggling. Matthew Stafford struggling. Really a lot of the pocket passers, aside from Joe Burrow who... Just has a totally stacked offense with Jamar Chase and company. A lot of the pocket passers have been struggling. So that's, I don't know if it's just a coincidence. Defenses seem to be playing a lot more like cover two and more conservative. That could be the cause affecting pocket passers a bit. Too high coverage is up this season. 
Uh, I really don't think it's an age thing. I mean, Brady and Roger can still throw the ball around like as well as ever almost. But it is interesting. A lot of these pocket passers are struggling. And overall, offense is down a ton, which I don't think is a bad thing. But it is a bad thing, I think, for the league that you have teams led by Brady and Rodgers not performing like expected. So this is a tough ask for the Packers to suddenly get on track against the Bills, who are arguably the top team in the league. In Buffalo, really tough place to play. The Bills are 10.5-point favorites. I think it's the first time Rodgers has been a double-digit underdog. Although he's won 13 straight primetime games, I was encouraged by how Aaron Jones was involved as a receiver last week. I think we need to see a lot of that. And the Green Bay defense, they've been somewhat up and down. I'm curious to see how they can combat Josh Allen and the Bills this week. And the Bills are coming off the bye. That big win against the Chiefs is in the rear view a bit. They're looking to return and keep it going. And finally, Monday Night Football. Pretty cool. It's on Halloween night. Bengals face the Browns. Two other teams that don't like each other much. Joe Burrow didn't play in the second matchup last season. But in the first matchup, Cleveland basically shut them down. The high-powered Bengals offense. I expect both sides to come in with a chip on their shoulder. The Bengals already talked about them lighting up the Falcons last week. Remember, Joe Burrow didn't play much during the summer. He had the appendectomy, so he was out of practice. And now that he's gotten going and is seemingly getting more comfortable behind the revamped offense line, they're a tough group to stop. That said, this will be a test against the Browns' defense that might be able to match up somewhat well against them. And for the Browns, the game plan should be simple. Feed Nick Chubb at least like 20 to 25 carries and get him involved as a receiver too. The Cleveland defense stepped up against Baltimore last week, gave him a shot, and they'll need a huge effort from both sides of the ball and on special teams as they look to beat the Bengals this Monday night. Won the show there, 15 games, starting with an exciting, I think, despite the Bucks' struggles. Thursday night game between Baltimore and Tampa Bay. Then remember the London game on Sunday morning. Good schedule on Sunday, including Niners-Rams in the late afternoon. We'll see if the Packers can get things turned around on Sunday Night Football. And finally, Halloween night. Bengals face the Browns. So again, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. And happy Halloween.